Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This is our Hebrews teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad that you're with us today. This is actually a remake of what we attempted to do on Monday and sometime right in the middle of the broadcast, the, the audio went out and then the whole broadcast cut out and so we just had a big mess on Monday. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to let that good portion of Scripture uh, be missed out on. So we're going to back and we're going to cover this part 8 of Hebrews chapter 2. And we're going to work our way through, might make it through the end of this chapter today. But I'm telling you, this was too crucial, too important of a session here in Hebrews chapter 2 beginning in verse 14 to just to let go and, to, and it, we did get it in audio form but I want it to be able to be viewed uh, possibly used one day in all these teachings for class work or the, 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 the avid, uh, the serious Bible student to be able to go through the book of Galatians, the book of uh, uh, Ephesians and we've done uh, those and you can find those on the website thecrosswaychurch.com uh, you can find them actually on the YouTube channel uh, Curtis Hutchinson 316 and uh, so many videos there uh, to, to be able to partake of the truth of God's word and, and learn uh, the true uh, context of the Word of God, which is righteousness. All God's words are spoken in righteousness, and that righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. That's Proverbs 8 and 8 and Romans 1, 16 and 17. But I don't want to mess around too long. We've got a lot of scripture to cover today. I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, our Heavenly Father would impart to our hearts that which is needed today. Not just to walk away and say, well, I enjoyed that, or that was interesting, or that was good, or I appreciated that. I, no, I mean, I want God, and I know He's willing and waiting and desiring to more than we could ever think about yearning to have Him impart something to our hearts. But He wants to impart truth to your heart today. He wants to, after this broadcast, begin to uh, uh, cause you to walk in that which you are hearing, not just have comments about, well, that was good, not just like it on social media, but to allow it to permeate within your heart and to change who you are, to change maybe your direction and or to increase the knowledge and to, to, to make more concrete in your heart the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But I know He's going to do that for those who have ears to hear and those who desire to be changed and conformed into the image of their precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is a good day. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, the Bible says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, you and I have flesh and blood, it's what we're made of, God made us this way, He also Himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Just to cover this, this morning, make sure you know, the Bible says in Hebrews that Jesus took part of the same. Jesus was not born 
typically uh, through the normal reproduction uh, process. He was not born of a man and a woman. He was uh, born of a woman. The Bible tells us that he was born, but it was born. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He was the promised seed of the woman. See, men carry the seed. But there was one woman who carried the promised seed that God had promised all the way back in the Garden of Eden at the fall of man. There would be the seed of the woman that would come and crush the devil's head and the devil would bruise his heel. That's the picture of Christ and what was carried out by him alone on the cross that he bare for us, for all people. So... Uh, we need to understand that Jesus took part of the same. He, he shared in the same. He, 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 he had a flesh body and he had a body that had blood in it. And, and, but he was not born the same way. And I said it Monday in, in, when we were trying to share this, and I need to say it again, that those who don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin still don't have a Savior. Because if Jesus was born through the typical process of men and women, the reproduction cycle of men and women, then that means he was born like the rest of us with a sin nature. But he was not born in the normal reproductive type process, but he was conceived of the Holy Spirit through the Virgin Mary. And that woman, Mary, brought forth a child in the fullness of times, the book of Galatians teaches us. So, but he only took part of the, he only shared in part of the same. Yes, he had a flesh body. Yes, he had a, 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 a body with blood in it. He had to if he would be a man because it would take a man to pay the price for what man did. But it couldn't be any men who were on the earth because we were all dead in our trespasses and sins and a dead man can't pay for anything because he's already dead. It took a man who was the life, who lived the perfect life before God without sin, fully obedient even to the death on the cross to be able to pay for the sins of the guilty. It took a non-guilty, perfect lamb to pay the price for all of humanity. And that's why he took on a body of flesh and blood. That's why he, he was not born through the typical reproduction process. Again, if he had a been, he'd have been a sinner with a sin nature like everybody else. So all those who claim Jesus wasn't really born of a virgin, well, they really don't have a Savior. Because it doesn't matter what he did at Calvary. That, that's irrelevant if he wasn't born of a virgin. He was a sinner like the rest of us, but he wasn't born, I got to say it again, through the normal process of the reproduction uh, process of men and women. He did, uh, Joseph was his earthly uh, daddy being raising up, but he was not his biological father. The Holy Spirit was the one who overshadowed Mary and Mary brought forth that seed of a woman. Everybody else outside of Adam and Eve have been born of the seed of men. This was the seed of a woman, the incorruptible seed. The, the living word of God was placed in Mary. Never forget that. It is important 
You have to believe Jesus was born of a virgin. You have to believe Jesus lived a sinless life. You have to believe Jesus paid the price for your sin. And you have to believe Jesus was raised on the third day to prove that he had paid the price for your sin for you to make it to heaven. Absolutely, you have to believe all of that or you won't make heaven. You can't change any of that. You may not agree uh, when the rapture is going to take place, and you may not agree about this and that, but you have to agree on those things that I just mentioned, or you will not be there when the trumpet sounds. But watch this now. The end of this scripture, verse 14, Hebrews 2, says that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. At the disobedience of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the devil stole from them. He took from them the authority they had through their believing him. Whoever you're trusting in, that's who has authority in your life. You're giving it to them by giving them, making them whatever that is, the object of your faith. If your faith is in the cross of Christ, then God is the author and the finisher of your faith, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he has authority over you in your daily experiences. But if your faith is in something else, then you're giving that the authority in your life and no longer God. No, 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 not God through any of that. God has authority over our lives in experience through our obedience. And our obedience is only honored and rewarded and really noticed, accepted by him if it's in the obedience of Christ at Calvary. Never forget that. But the devil had the power of death. And we've got to talk about death. Death is separation. I don't care how you slice it up. If you go to a funeral, there's a body laying in a casket, but the spirit and the soul are gone. Death is separation. The body's there, but there's been a separation because there's been a death. The, the soul and the spirit, they're gone. They're not there anymore. If they were, the body would get up and, and function. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God had already told them, in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. And they were separated at that moment from everything they'd ever known. They were When they disobeyed God, they were separated from that peace and that perfection that they had within the Lord. Or at least, don't want to get into it, but at least that blameless place. That they were blameless. They were innocent. They, they had a perfect relationship with God. The moment they disobeyed God, they were separated from all that. They were separated from a body that would live forever. Uh, they were, God would show up and separate them even from the Garden of Eden, the Tree of Life. There was a total separation. Death is separation. The devil had the power of that separation. Every person born into this life is born. They're, matter of fact, they're conceived in sin, born into sin as sinners. We don't become sinners when we start sinning. We start sinning because we showed up here as sinners. You need to understand that. And the devil, I don't really like saying it this way, but it's true until we're born again. Until we're born again, the devil is our daddy. The devil has a stranglehold on every person that's born into this life because we're born into sin. We're born dead 
in our trespasses, which is separation from God, and only through faith, trust, dependence upon what Christ did in his death on the tree at Calvary, through his death, that new covenant, are we delivered from the stranglehold of death, which is separation from God, from the devil, and, and, and translated into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The devil had the power of death. The devil did not lose his power of death at the resurrection. The Bible, if you're a Bible believer, just go ahead and tell yourself, I'm a Bible believer. I don't care what those preachers say. I don't care what those books say. I don't care what they say. I've got a Bible. And the Bible says it's very simple to read. Through death, Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Let me say this. Also in Hebrews, the Bible says that Jesus was, he, he became, he was, he was made perfect through suffering. He became the captain of our salvation to all those who obey through suffering. The resurrection was not suffering. The cross was suffering. He didn't defeat the devil, take the power of death away from the devil in the resurrection. He did not become the captain of our salvation through the resurrection. The Bible says he did that through suffering. You need to understand that. In this life, as a Christian, your focus is faith in the one object. Yes, we believe Jesus was raised from the dead. He's not hanging on an old beam anymore. He's at the right hand of the majesty on high. Glory to God. But the object of your faith has to be the, what the new covenant was in, and that's the blood of Jesus. Jesus said the blood, the new covenant is in my blood. He didn't say it's in the resurrection. He said the new covenant is in my blood. The experience of any of the new covenant will be faith in the blood. The life found of the new covenant is faith in the blood. We live by faith. Come on now. We live by faith, but the life we live is found in the blood. The blood represents the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. Never forget that. There are many, many false preachers, false prophets, liars in pulpits today, and not saying they're trying to be mean and attempting to deceive the people. Some are truly ministers of Satan who only come as ministers of righteousness, just like the devil roars as a lion. His ministers come as ministers of righteousness. But if they do not point you to the cross using God's word, then they're just operating as something they're really not because it did, listen, Jesus took the power of death away from the devil in his death. I don't, it doesn't matter that men didn't really understand what happened when Jesus died, but the devil did. The devil did. The Bible says, had they known what they had, what they had, if they had known what the mystery really held, if they had known what they were doing, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You need to understand that. Don't be listening to ministers who say that Jesus over, that, that he, he, he took the power of death, he overcame the devil in his resurrection. That's not biblical. And we better be a Bible-believing people. Amen. Praise God. So let's read this scripture again before we move on. For as much then as the children, 
all humanity are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death, oh, I hope you get that today, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. And the devil still exists. And the only way that you and I can remind him of his defeat is not by telling him he's defeated, but by living by the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us because without that object of faith being the death of Christ, the cross of Christ, the, the shedding of his blood, realizing that Jesus died for me to defeat the devil, to justify me, and through my faith I've been crucified with him, buried with him and raised to newness of life in him and to walk with him and to be able to resist the devil steadfastly in the faith, not in a church or in this or in that, but in the faith, in that same faith you obtain through that righteous work of Christ at Calvary. And that's how we obtained it. Do we stand fast in this faith? Not by these programs that men bring into the church as ministers of righteousness. We know Ministers of righteousness, they point to the righteous work of Christ at Calvary. For outside of faith in that, there's not a righteous work that's ever gone on in the eyes of God. And that may sound awful narrow, but God has made it clear of the exclusivity and the narrowness of approach to Him throughout the ages with men. All the ages, it was one man raised up to be one nation, to, within that nation to be one family, within that one family to be one man that approached God in the Holy of Holies to bring blood in that one place, in that one nation, in that one tr family, that one tribe, that one family, and that one man. It, God has always revealed the narrowness of approach to Him, and it's not changed. It, it just You just can't approach God because you feel like you need to, you want to, and then you choose how you approach God. My friend, even as a born-again Christian, if you're not approaching God through faith in the blood of Jesus, you don't have an approach there. We're living in make-believe because we've become, uh, we've listened to those who showed up as ministers of God's righteousness, but they're not. And, and we're believing things that are not according to God's word. Therefore, our approach won't be to the God of the Bible. And you need to understand those things. But Jesus did this to destroy the works of the devil. He, 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 he destroyed, it actually says here that he might destroy him. Jesus rendered the devil Idle. He, he rendered the devil powerless. Colossians 2, 14 through 16 tell us that Jesus overcame, triumphed over all principalities and powers, making an open show of them in his cross, not his resurrection. You better let those people go. You better get away from those people who've made the object of their faith the resurrection. You're not going to experience resurrection life when your faith is in the resurrection. You've got to believe Jesus was raised on the third day, but the object of your faith has to be what Jesus did at Calvary. For there you were united with him. There you were justified by that blood. Hallelujah. 
Listen, the only thing justified in the resurrection was what Jesus did at Calvary. Glory to God. The only thing justified through the resurrection was that which Jesus accomplished at Calvary. You and I were justified by the blood. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 and verse 9. We were justified by the blood. Glory to God. The resurrection justified the very work that took place at Calvary. You ought to be shouting this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It took the blood. Hallelujah. And you might say, well, it took the resurrection too. You have to believe in the resurrection, but the purpose, the reason we believe in the resurrection is because it proved what took place at Calvary really worked. Had he not atoned for every sin, the most vile of sins, no matter what they are, then he could not have come out of that grave. And you need to understand that. And the moment Jesus died, the devil had the power of death stripped away from him. He wasn't dancing around for three days. He was powerless over those that had come and believed that Jesus was the Son of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this is why the revelation of what actually took place at Calvary had to be given by the Lord to the Apostle Paul so we could have it today, so we could know that we are crucified with him. We are buried with him. We are raised to newness of life with him that we might bear forth the fruits of our husband, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Watch in verse 15. And deliver them. He, he not only came to destroy the prince of death, to take his power away, to render him inoperative, to render him powerless, because it was through death, separation from God, he had that power, but he also came to deliver those who will believe upon him from the bondage of slavery, the bondage of death. Look at this now. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And that word subject, before the broadcast I wrote these things down, the word subject means liable to, in danger of, guilty of. And, that's, uh, and bondage means slavery. Every person ever born in this world is a slave of death. Romans chapter 6 bears witness to this so clear that you and I can, it, it, once we're born again, we then still have the choice whether we will serve obedience under righteousness through faith in the obedience of Christ at Calvary or we're serving sin which means the sin nature unto death the bondage, the slavery of death the slavery of the sin nature the only deliverance from the sin nature is faith in the cross you need to understand that and that Romans 6.16 says it gives us only two options we serve obedience unto righteousness, which is faith in Christ, obedience unto death. If that's not what our faith is in, we automatically are faced with the only other alternative, serving the sin nature under the slavery of death. 
doesn't matter how holy we think we are, righteous we may be in the eyes of God, in Christ at the right hand of the Father, but if our faith is not in the cross, we've reverted back to being a slave to the sin nature that's only unto death, unto separation. That's what Paul meant in Romans 7, 9 when he says that I was alive once without the law. That means the born again experience, my friends, not before. He was never alive in his life without the law. His whole life he was under the law. But he was alive once without the law when he was born again. But when the commandment came, when he reverted back to trying to on his own, in his own strength, obey the law, carry out the works of the law, the Bible, he, he writes of himself, sin revived, that's the noun there, the sin nature revived and I died, Paul says. That means I, I'm now walking in a place of death. No fruit to be bare because I was trusting in law. I, I was reverted back to becoming a slave in bondage. Fear of death had a grip on me. He recognized it. He was crying out, who, who can save this old wretched man that I am? Thanks be to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That means through what he did at Calvary. Watch this. And deliver them. Not only did he come to render the devil powerless, taking the power of death away from him, but he also came to deliver those that would believe upon him from the fear of death, the fear of separation. That's why every human being on the planet, it doesn't matter. That's why there's all sorts of religions out there. Because every person's born into this life as a worshiper. You get here as a worshiper. You may worship yourself, money. You may worship trees, uh, tree frogs. But you worship in something every day. And until you found in Christ worshiping God through faith in what he did for you at Calvary, then you're worshiping something else, serving something else, really the sin nature. But he also came to deliver us who through the fear of death were all of our lifetime subject, liable to, guilty of, found in the bondage, slavery of that death. Because death is just being separated from God. And the sin nature, serving the sin nature, separates us from God. Not in our position if we're a Christian. And most 99.9% .9 of all Christians, all men, women, boy and girls who ever receive Christ, they're born again, believing, trusting, depending on Christ and what he did at Calvary for the forgiveness of their sins immediately over the really pretty much the wholeness of the entirety of the church age have been immediately thrust in to law and begin to trust in other things, put their faith in what they're doing and my friend, I hate to be this simple and blunt, but it is this simple and it is this blunt and plain in the Word of God. If it's not what Christ did at Calvary, we're not trusting in Christ. If the object of our faith is not the sacrificial and righteous work of Christ's obedience unto death on the cross, then we're serving the sin nature and it's only unto death. We need to know that. You don't believe it? It's your prerogative, but it's real. And you can think you're the most holy person in town. There are a lot of religious people. 
Some of the Mormons and Jehovah's Witness can be some of the most nicest people on the planet, but that's, that's, not, that's not getting them anything with God. Only faith in where the life comes from, and that's the blood of Jesus, will they have the initial born-again experience or the fruit of that life of Christ daily in them because it takes a denial of self, a taking up of our cross, which is a constant depending upon the very death of Jesus. That's why, listen, maybe you're listening to me today and that's why you've been a Christian for years but you're in the same bondages. You can't seem to get out of a cycle of nothing Nothing is changing for you. you. You've burned out on this. You've burned out on that. You, you know you should be in the Word. You're not getting anything out of the Word. You, you're, 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 you know that Christianity should be more to you than what you've been experiencing. The answer you've sought all your life for the fire of God, the experience of your God. God's using you. The gifts of the Lord working in your life, through your life, are only going to be found when your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. Well, we didn't make it through this chapter. I thought we would today, but we had to recover what was lost earlier this week. We will start off right here uh, next Monday. I will not be doing 2 Timothy in the morning because we're going to see... Uh, Andrew, and uh, but I'll be here Sunday morning with bells on, hallelujah, and the voice of truth, I pray, be speaking through me. I pray that you would pray for us, and we're praying for you. Don't just hit the like button. I, I really hope that today's broadcast would have been a broadcast that through this teaching today, the Holy Spirit could impart and make more concrete to you to the very point of your beginning to share these things among those who don't know the truth like never before. Today, I pray today's broadcast would have been a great impartation into the heart of the seeking and the hungry soul. God bless you. We love you. Don't forget to sow into good ground. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. Or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I do love you enough to keep showing up and sharing the truth of God's word with you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.